The following podcast is improvised satire and all characters are fictional. Hello, I'm Dean Ardenfeld. This is the podcast where I interview employees of the many subsidiaries of my favorite multinational conglomerate, Hogswood Cooper Media. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the corporation. dear listeners. Well, it's almost September. Can you believe summer's almost over? It just goes so quick. I feel like I barely had time to process it. You know, the sky was on fire for a while, then there were hurricanes and earthquakes in California, and now it's almost fall. We're on to the Republican presidential debates. Not that those were a disaster, of course. Just the opposite. They were riveting. I only wish that Trump and Rudy could have been there. I'm, I'm not sure what they were doing. I guess they must have been busy that day. Anyway, we've got a great episode of the podcast for you today. First, I talked to the technical genius behind a scale model replica of the Red Sea. She is responsible for creating the miracle of Moses parting the water three times a day for devout tourists. How fun is that? Then I talked to a paparazzo who is taking to the skies to get a camera just that much closer to the beautiful, famous people who owe us total access to their private lives. I talked to both of these people in the studio. I think you're going to love it. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't given us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify, we would sure love it if you could do that. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? I hope you enjoy this brand new episode of The Corporation. My first guest is the technical director at Exodus Park, the 1-100 size replica of the Red Sea located in Adelaide, Australia. This $800 million Christian tourist attraction reenacts the parting of the Red Sea by Moses at 11 a.m., 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. each day. And my guest is responsible for making the magic behind these scenes. In her spare time, she enjoys making tiny flipbooks. Please welcome Lonnie LaRue. Hi. Hi. Hi there. How are you? I'm good, Dean. How are you? I'm fine. So this park is really like a living museum, huh? Yes, mate. A, yeah, it's, it's a, a living, living Bible breathing museum sweating, bleeding museum. Well, I hope there's not too much bleeding in the museum, huh? Well, it's a Red Sea, mate, so... Oh, it is the Red Sea, that's true. Um, um, a lot of blood, mate. <laughs> now, I always thought of the Red Sea as just like a geographical thing, but is it actually red? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. It's bright red. Okay, like well, at least the, the Red crimson? Sea... Crimson? The one that you have in your in your museum is red. Yes, mate, yeah. Wow, that's... I mean, so it just looks like, like The Shining or something, like a, just a, a, a sea full of blood almost. Yeah, but it's not real, mate. That, no, of course, of course. Well, be... you're the technical director, so you know all the all the things that you do, the tricks uh, to make the magic work, it's right? It's syrup. It's juice. Oh, really? It's very thick syrup. It seems like you could have just taken water and added some like coloring to it. Why? Why syrup? Well, you see, it's like a texture thing, and it's oh. like it, it isn't blood, but I I want everyone to think it's blood. Sure. Okay. I, I imagine too, like what you're doing physically, uh, just to jump right into the technical side of things here, when the moment happens and the actor who plays Moses uh, puts his staff up and then the Red Sea parts, uh, the uh, the liquid really does sort of like part in the middle and then go up each, both yeah. sides of the wall. Yeah, that and was I, tricky. I don't know how you do that, but I imagine it's having a viscous... electromagnetic fields. Really? Yeah. So having that viscous substance probably helps to... Because you, you hide the tiny magnets. Oh, okay. In the 
liquid. In the liquid. There's tiny magnets all throughout the liquid. Yeah, it's why it has to be a syrup. So I it's see. dense and it's thick and it's covering up the magnets. Wow. And then I flip a switch uh-huh. when Moses raises his hands. Okay. Then I flip a switch, right? right, right. And then the magnets, they turn magnetize right. and they go up. And see the sides. <laughs> okay, okay, great. So, so when I mean that's an incredible moment when that happens. But you really work up to it. It takes like a full half an hour, and there's like, oh no, how are we going to get across? And um, and you have Isra- people dressed as Israelites, and then behind that, the tour group, and then Moses leads the Israelites and the tour group straight through this like perfectly dry pathway through the middle of the uh, the one one hundredth sea. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's my favorite part of my job. Have you ever had any uh, you know accidents or whatnot? It seems I mean you are taking a whole tour group straight through an area where the viscous liquid on either side of them is magnetized to the walls. Well, yeah. You have had some... Well, there was one time, well, before the, before the liquid became uh, a syrup, uh-huh. when it was purely water, Okay. Um, the magnets were not uh, magnetized Okay. as strong as, as they should have been. Sure. So halfway through the walk, um, the water kind of just slipped away mm. and went back into its it connected again filled it's, back in again it filled yeah. back in and everyone was swirling around in this red water I see. and it was very it was we lost maybe one okay and uh, um, did people tell you after you um, accidentally flooded the chamber and drowned at least one person yeah. that you should have tested it more thoroughly before you had real people in no. it no that was never no one ever said that to me no one ever said that to you um, so <laughs> I guess, but mm. people implied it. Okay. People implied it. Sure. No yeah. one actually said it to me uh-huh. very blankly, yeah. but people implied it. And then they said, don't you remember when I said that? And I said, no, you never said it to me. You uh-huh. implied that yeah. I should be more cautious. Well, people love to hate on uh, innovation. And, you know, sometimes innovation, uh, just like in the Bible, there's a lot of sacrifice involved, right? Uh-huh. And so you've got a situation where you're doing something no one's ever done before. And, you know, you got to break a few eggs, right? Yes. Sure. And sure. the person we lost was old. Well, I mean, when you talk about ways you could go, if you've lived a full life, if you have to go as a part of a biblical reenactment, it's almost a straight, a straight line to heaven at that point, right? That's what I told to the family. I bet. Yeah. Um, People like to call this an anti-science thing because it's, you know, it's set 3000 years ago and then you have a historical exhibit where like dinosaurs and humans coexisted and these animatronics. Um, you know, what do you, how do you respond to people who say this is, like, not accurate to science? Well, science is a spectrum. And oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. Like, I would not say that we're not scientific, hmm. but we are able to see through science. It's see-through. It's so. per- permeable. Yeah. Unlike the red viscous it's not, liquid in your <laughs> tank. It's not rigid, mate. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. dinosaurs and humans, mm-hmm. absolutely we're alive at the same time. Yeah, and you're so I guess I can see what you're saying is that like you're not saying dinosaurs never existed, which some religious people exactly. do. There are bones. You're there saying, are bones well, people. I, I mean But there are also bones of people, people. Technically they're fossils, which is mm, well, sort of the absence of bone, but right? Is that Well that's not what I no. agree with. <laughs> okay. The uh, Bible says there are bones. Oh, they just the don't Bible does not bring up so- fossils. No, so there's true. no talk of fossils in the Bible. No, nor dinosaurs. But, well, some iterations. <laughs> really? Yeah. I guess if you read into certain things, you can find anything yeah, yeah, exactly. in the Bible. That's the great thing about the Bible. So you're, you're like, we're going to concede that there were dinosaurs, but we're going to make them 3,000 years ago and living at the time of Moses. Yeah, just why not? 
why, why not? Indeed. Yeah. At a certain point, you're creating entertainment as well, right? So you got to you got to make it fun for the families and right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just trying to spice up the Bible a bit, I guess. Bring it into yeah. the 21st century. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy who plays Moses is so great. Where'd you find him? Oh, that was a year long search. Just really? we talent scouts. We yeah. had submissions from all all over the globe, really. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Um, and then he he just he wasn't our first pick, actually, mm, but okay. the man that we chose before um, magically disappeared. And wow. then this guy, he just emailed us and he was like, I have a feeling that you need me. Wow. And I was like, wow, what, what gave you that? And he's like, I feel like you are looking for a new Moses. And That's, I was like, you're right. And then the uh, old Moses, his body actually uh, just showed up a few weeks later, actually, huh. just like in the bottom of the pier. Interesting, interesting. Uh -huh. So, uh, wow, so many water things happening here so yeah. so someone auditioned got the gig then yeah. someone else really wanted the gig the first guy disappeared at the bottom of the pier drowned and then suddenly this new guy this did new was guy there any was suspicion cast upon your current moses i mean no because we were he was out of town he, okay he, he, had, an alibi. he had well are there any other uh ancillary exhibits at the park or things you'd love to do or see uh, from a technical standpoint, you know, any, anything you're working on? Um, yeah, there's like a sand pit. A sand pit? Yeah, it's just a, it's a, pit, it's a pit of sand. Wow. And you get to go walk around and just feel what it was like. Oh, when, like walking through the desert for yeah, 40 years or exactly. what have you. Exactly. And, and you can, you know, you, you, can, you can wear a cross okay. if you want on your back, if it's, you know, if you're interested in that. Huh. Um, just to feel, just put your, yourself in people's okay, shoes. Okay, so this isn't, a this isn't a specific Bible verse. This is just a general idea of like, you know, walking in the desert is hard uh, if you want to... Have, have you ever heard of the term world building? Sure, It's yeah. like that. It's okay. so people have a real understanding yeah, yeah, of yeah. what it was like to be in the Bible. I see. You know? I think I have seen photos of this in the brochure, and it se seems like it's essentially just like a small area that where there's a lot of sand on top of a treadmill, and then there's like a heat lamp over you. Yeah, it's so that really you're just, hot, mate. You're just walking interminably, and you're just sweating and sweating and sweating. Yeah, yeah. you have to sign a little thing, oh, yeah. you know, just letting you know if you get heat stroke, it's not on us. You I know see. it's a possibility, because it was a possibility to get heat stroke back in biblical times. Right, sure. And when you're carrying a cross, that makes everything even more hard and you're sweating a lot. I see, I see. Wow. And so, I mean, it does seem like you're putting some of your guests in a little bit of danger here um, with, you know, heat stroke and potential drowning. And uh, do you get a lot of uh, people, you know, trying to sue you or trying to... No, people thank me. Oh, yeah. They thank me and they say, thank you for making me feel more alive because okay. I feared for my life. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I think of it as a service, really. And also, you know, the miracles only come when you're truly faithful, right? So, like, if you've got a doubter in the crowd when you're about to walk through the, the Red Sea that's been parted, who's to say that doubter's uh, lack of faith wasn't responsible for the malfunction that you had in your Red Sea project? Oh, yes. Yeah, there was one atheist hmm. the day that we uh, had the malfunction. and Interesting. That's he not was a coincidence. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. That can't be a coincidence. No. Yeah, wow. No. Um, I mean, I assume you're a churchgoer yourself, huh? Yes. Y yes. Yes. You hesitated a little no, when you said that. No, I, uh, I would say that church is in me, so I don't need to go to it. I see. It's more of a thing where I can just close my eyes. There I am in the church, hearing all the stuff and the words. And the stuff and the words, yeah. And, you know, the sensation is great. I sure. got it. I did it. Yeah. And then I can just move on with my day. I mean, you are kind of surrounded by 
all the trappings of it every day. Exactly. So. And you have a hobby of uh, making tiny flip books of things. Oh, yeah. Wow. Gosh, I love uh, it. What's the appeal there? That is just, it is so fun, mate. Like, yeah. it's just tiny. It's so small, but it, it carries so many memories, like of the day that we opened the park and the day that we found Moses dead in the pier. Oh, wow. And then when we found the real Moses. Are these many, many photographs or are these many, many drawings back to back to back? Yeah, they're stencils. They're stencils. Yeah. So you have to create the story of the time you found the guy drowned in the pier in stencils that gradually change over the course of one long, tiny flip book. Yes. It's so... That sounds very challenging. It takes so much of my time. That's why I don't have time to go to church. Church is in me while I'm making uh-huh. these stencils. Okay. And it takes so long, but the stencils just add a little... I could, I could free draw it, but I don't want to. I want I to make the stencil uh-huh. so then I can spray it with a little wow. spray. Wow. It's waterproof. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they're Just in case it gets dropped in the water. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Wow. Uh, fascinating stuff. And uh, uh, I'm not going to get to my second guest here, but I hope you'll stick around. Huh? Oh, yeah. Excellent. Um, well, folks, my second guest today is getting a bird's eye view of the stars. We'll find out what that means. But first, let's pause and hear a quick word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to walk through the parted Red Sea? hand in hand with Moses himself and experience firsthand what it would be like to be inside the Bible. Yeah, that's right, mate. Not just reading it, not just listening to it on an audiobook, to be actually living it. Just walking around, not really doing anything in particular, just kind of experiencing what it was like. Come on down to Exodus Park in Adelaide, Australia, where that fully happens on a daily basis. We have our new and improved sand pit where you get to um, be hot and walk around in sand. And, you know, if you're lucky, you can drag around a cross too while you're at it. Exodus Park, where the water's thick and the sand is hot. Come on down, mates. And we're back. I'd like to remind you at this point, as I do every show, that I, Dean Ardenfell, am not and have never been an employee of Hogswood Cooper Media or any of its subsidiaries. Okay, we've been talking to Lonnie LaRue from Exodus Park, and now I'd like to bring in my second guest, who works for a totally different subsidiary of Hogswood Cooper. He is the lead drone photojournalist for Underbelly 2.0, the entertainment tabloid that's gotten more non-consensual aerial photos of celebrities than any other magazine in the past 10 years. He has piloted his state-of-the-art drone over the homes of Goldie Hawn, Trevor Noah, and Wolf Blitzer. On weekends, he jumps rope on the beach. Please welcome Shed Wimsley. I'm so excited to be alive. (laughs) Are you now? It's another day. It's another another day. I love the positivity. Yeah, I've I've always been thought of as that way. People love being around me. Do they really? Yes. Yeah, that's not always the case with a tabloid photographer. Oh, I I mean, people in my life love being around me. I see. But yes. not, not the people you're chasing, but the people who are in your life, your yeah, circles. I mean, I, if they want to have a beer at the end of the day, I'll do it. I'll sure, do it. I'm not, sure. I have no bad blood with these people. No, of course. No. It's just, that's your job. That's, uh, yeah. their, your job is in, uh, infringing upon their privacy. Yeah. Um, and you're now taking that to the sky, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes. I'm what? untouchable. Are that's you? Ex- yes, it's a very exciting time in the world right now. I'm untouchable. It's exciting because previously, like, uh, a celebrity might have thrown a fist at you. Yeah, and, and they then they had legal president. They had legal president. <laughs> <laughs> legal president. To do things. But uh, uh-huh. uh, in, uh, in at least 45 states, I can take pictures of people without their permission. And really? You know, you know, the beautiful thing is that if they break my drone, they owe me the money to replace it. Wow. It's beautiful. Wow. Like, have you that, had that happen before? Oh, yeah. I do it on purpose. If I ever need a new model, if a new model of a drone comes out and I'm yeah. like, oh, baby, I need that, 
I will go and I'll fly one of mine like an inch away from someone's face so that they smash it. Oh, like, wow. One time I saw Sally Fields sunning on her porch and I went right down there. I put it about an inch away from her nose and she put up with it for, it must have been 10 minutes. Wow. But then she smashed it and I was so excited. And that, all on camera. And that's a cake and have it two situation because then you get real close up shots of Sally Fields' face. Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah. I sell it to an AI company. Do you? Yeah, called Dirty Works. Okay. And what do they do with it? Um, well, we're banking right now. We haven't oh, actually put out any products, but they've got some nasty ideas and a lot of money. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be a huge payday for you when you're able to bring like a, almost like a 3D scan of someone's face into an AI company. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. There's, there's so many opportunities. I'm swimming in opportunities in money and happiness these days. Has anyone ever pointed out that it could be that your money and happiness and ideas are coming at the gross expense of someone else's mental health? Uh, not legally. No. <laughs> I mean, technically, they can feel that way, but there's nothing they can do about it. I'm in the sky, but I'm, I'm in a van. I'm in a van six sure. miles away yeah, with yeah. a bunch of antennas on my head. Uh-huh. And, uh, on your head? <laughs> well, yeah. And my, I've, you uh, wear goggles. The first-person view, the okay. FPV drones. Let, let me tell you, when we started doing this in 1985 with gas-powered helicopters, oh, wow. oh my God, people would know we were coming from a mile away. Model more, helicopters. More than a mile, Like actually. model helicopters, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now, with FPV drones, they go 250 miles an hour. I can take... If you slip up for one second, if your shirt falls down and you just got on your deck, uh-huh. I can have my cones put out. I can get clearance from the FFA, <laughs> the Future Farmers of America, because <laughs> they own most of the, the land and the areas that I go in. These people are very secluded. Yeah, I yeah. get clearance. Uh-huh. I'm up in the air. I do a flyby from your property. I get 35 pictures, 35 angles of you with your little tingles out, and I'm out of there. Wow. And I've already sold it. And that all happens before someone has a chance to pull up their top. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Yeah. Sometimes if uh, I'll go into Hollywood and there's houses in a row, mm. I can just zip through at 200 miles an hour, come home with about a month's worth of stuff. Wow. Incredible. These people are always on their porches doing things. <laughs> yeah. Almost like they think they're alone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they put, oh my God, they spend like 20 years growing these bushes around their property. Mm-hmm. You go up above them and you can see everything. They wow. did not think they need to start. I don't want to give them ideas, but no. they need to start doing trellises yeah, to right. cover their properties. Yeah, right now, that's wide open. If I had a gun and I wanted to hurt them, I could go up there. I could do. I could shoot them. Yeah. Well, you I, are shooting them just in a different way. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a great time to be alive. I'm so excited. Um, the, the things are getting wild. I mean, if if I were giving advice to these celebrities, I would say treat it almost like a like a World War II air base where you're putting like ca- camouflage netting over your whole property or creating dummy yeah. versions of things to throw off the sun. But uh, well, we do have ultraviolet cameras and we can see their oh, heat. Wow. So, um, and, those, and the resolution on these things are getting so good that I can sure. even know you're neon green, I can see you in your bedroom. Uh-huh. Wow, yeah. And if I'm, you're neon green, it means your temperature is really low, and I'm really worried for you. You, you want to be in a reddish-orange. Oh, interesting. So okay. I, some, I've called the police and ambulances on a couple of famous people, and I've saved their lives because I saw that their temperatures were either really high or really low. Wow, I mean, it's almost like you're the, the predator. Um, <laughs> I, yes, I've been called a predator. Um, well, I meant the, you know, the, the movie character, but I guess technically... Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, yes, they're, they're prey. Sure, they're um, your prey in a career sense. But what would an ecosystem be if everyone right. was prey? Right. You what need the would an ecosystem co- be if everyone was predator? 
Uh, let's take a moment and <laughs> think about that. Well, I'm thinking about it. And I'm thinking, well, predators, usually their job in the ecosystem is to cull the herd of the prey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I guess if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen, so to speak, with and a celebrity. And then onto your right? porch and lay yeah, down. Right, and, sure. uh, and the great part is this technology is getting so much smaller now. I'm sure there'll be drones where you could fly right into their bedroom if you wanted to. Um, yes, that is a very big theory. That is something that doesn't exist yet. No? No. No, no. You, you paused when you said that. So I no, uh, that's a very fascinating idea. Uh-huh. I would love to look into it. Never experienced it. Interesting. Never experienced. But I imagine they're about the size of a quarter, uh-huh. and they can hover for about three minutes, and then they've got like a really wide-angle lens that will stitch it together, and you get like a map, kind of like a Roomba. You know what they're doing with Roombas? No. They're mapping out people's houses and they're selling the information. I did hear that. Mm-hmm. Yes, that there that there's all sorts of things like a Wi-Fi signal can t- tell yes. where you are in the room, and a Roomba can tell this what your layout is. It's all exciting stuff is. about the future. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. We won't have to th- even think about anything. Stuff will just come to our house by drone. And yeah, uh, I mean, I'm busy. I'm a busy person. What? These days. Busy? I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm a very busy guy. I mean, <laughs> I've started doing what I'm calling pre-shoots. Oh. I'll just go to random properties, mm-hmm. shoot people all over their property in hopes that they'll be famous someday, and Smart. I'll have it in my hard drive. Smart. So the moment that they land some good gig, I'll be like, well, look at this photo of them with their hands on their, you know, watch, sitting on their deck. How do you keep track of all that data? Do you, do you just, like, have to remember, oh, I remember shooting that guy once he gets famous? I label each file. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll click on a folder. It will say, nasty shots. A man might be famous in the next 10, 15 years. You click on that, it moves on. I think his name's Michael. He looks like a Michael. That's what that file says. You click on that. About 20, well, then there's one that says raw photos, one that says edited. Mm-hmm. So you go into the raws, that will just be about 3,000 photos, just mostly the same shot. Yeah. Going to edited, there's going to be about three beautiful shots sure. I spent hours on. Because yeah. it's like, these things aren't coming straight out of camera looking good. Of course. These people, yeah. you need to be touched yeah. up. Edited, edited it's final, a, edited final, their final. Address. I'm not a pervert. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't yeah. want them getting doxxed. No. You know, but if yeah. you ask me nicely, I'll tell you where people live. That's public knowledge. Oh, is it? Well, I mean, it's for safety, right? Sure. If you want to know where Gary Busey lives, I'll tell you. I love the information age. Amazing. I mean, it, it, I love the positivity, as I said. You jump rope on the beach. Yes. What a fun hobby that is. Yes, it's a, it's a form of resistance training. Oh, really? Yeah. Just because the sand is hard to Yeah, you whip it once, on. it stops. You whip it again, it stops. Uh-huh. Um, re- uh, I've got big arms, little legs... <laughs> And we're really working on evening that out this year. I see, I see. Well, mm-hmm. I, you know, I know a patch of sand that you could really get your heart rate up on. And uh, Oh, that was my... quite the pickup line. Well, it was really more of a segue. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so I wanted to bring my first guest back in and, and mention that, you know, I don't know if you were here for that, but, oh, yeah. but she's got a place, uh, just sand on a treadmill. I've got photos. You do? Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah, I, like I sold some crime scene photos of the dead oh. Moses from up above. I found him. That was you. In the gully. Wow. Okay, so we have drone footage, accurate drone footage of the victim in the pier drowned, but Mm -hmm. we also have a flip book of stencils of that event. Yeah, Yeah, and which one makes the heart, like, bleed more, metaphorically speaking? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Probably the stencils, mate. I haven't seen either. I'm not trying to, um, like, come at you. No, no, you don't want to compete with... No, I'm not worried. I I sold those suckers. Well, this is the whole argument, I guess, uh, photos versus, you know... 
drawings that's not an argument no well, there is <laughs> no nope. because which one is more true on an you emotional know how scary level? it would be if i was hanging from a drone with a notepad trying to draw these people on their decks it I would take so long she's suggesting. they would see my decrepit body Get. hanging from a helicopter that's being powered by me so on one hand i've got a remote control powering myself on the other hand i've got a pencil now where's the notebook so this is like I've hated this argument ever since it came up, the I, drawings versus photos. I mean, video. it came up literally 30 <laughs> seconds ago. I hated it the whole time. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll get off it then. I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I hate it when my guests are, uh, uh, you know, automatically sort of uh, bickering with well, one I another. I got pushed so. into a corner. No, of course. I'm sorry, yeah. mate. I yeah. didn't want to come at you so strong. I was trying to say that if you wanted a place to uh, work on your tiny leg problem, I, I, knew, a, I knew a sand-filled treadmill you could do it on. Yeah, and, and we're, we're working on uh, making a gym. Oh, yeah? Uh, Jesus gym. A, a Jesus gym? Jesus. Yes. So you did say that people could pick up crosses and, and, and hump Yeah, them. well, that was what kind of like launched the idea, mate. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it was now we're just, I don't know, pushing boulders and... Um, okay, yeah. Know. Yeah, pushing boulders. That makes sense because like the Easter Sunday... That's came, a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember, I haven't read the Bible. No, of But course. I know the gist of it. And there was a thing where there was a boulder right. that was holding over um, a grave, right? <laughs> and then someone somehow... This Some, is the resurrection, the literal resurrection That's I think what it's called, mate. Yeah, yeah it sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Somehow a thing moves. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's maybe the spirit of God or Christ, something along those lines. Wow. Do you know, Shed? No, actually, I, don't I think the answer is Jesus. Jesus moved a rock from well, his own... Well, in the gym, you get to know. be Jesus. So oh, that yeah. is the thing. And it might help uh, your legs, mate. I don't know. The, the main appeal for me is just being in, like, the background of, like, anytime they shoot stuff down at the pier mm. for, like, PBS or... I love being in the background trying to jump rope in the sand. Okay, all right. I don't want to be out in the middle of... Are you looking for extra work? Do you want to be an extra? Is this what you're saying to me? I've never considered being on the other side. <gasps> wow. Oh, well, if you're looking for a job, we're always looking for disciples and, mm. uh, you know, just distressed uh, biblical people. Israelites, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I'll let you think about it because it seems uh. like you're not going to respond right now. Oh. So <laughs> I'm just thinking. Mm -hmm. hmm. So Trying to think about how much I make now. Right. How much course. I would make as a distressed background actor. <laughs> I'm trying to think if it's more or less. Because right now my rent is uh, it's surge pricing. So my <laughs> landlord... <laughs> my landlord... Rent is surge? Yeah, my landlord looks at how busy the town is at the moment, and he raises or lowers the rent. <laughs> so right now I'm getting freaking hit from every you, angle. I'm going to tell you right now, I am going to get that landlord on this podcast. Uh, I'm calling it right now. So <laughs> I would love... To be on here with him. That would be great. I would love that. So, uh, uh, Shed, uh, just, uh, uh, just uh, while you're thinking about this uh, <laughs> proposal, this indecent proposal that's been made of you, um, uh, I did want to ask, do, uh, when people, you know, you said you're six miles away from the subject in a van with a helmet on your head with antennas on your head. Anybody ever come knocking on your van asking what you're doing or any celebrities ever find you uh, at the source instead of just whapping your, uh, your drone out? No, sky? we've got a lot of things set up to make sure no one goes near my van. Do you? One thing, I have a gyroscope in the middle that makes it rock back and forth so people are assume I'm getting busy okay. and they don't come nearby. I see. And then I have a large neon sign that says, if the vans are rocking, don't come and knock it. And when That's you're, set up at the end of the when parking you're lot. piloting the drone <laughs> joystick and your van is rocking back and forth, is that difficult? 
Well, <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I wear the goggles because my vision is somewhere else. My body definitely is getting rocked back and forth, but okay. I fix that by I'm getting just picturing a, a very, bus driver's seat. Because you're very top heavy with like large mm-hmm. arms and tiny legs. <laughs> So it must be very difficult to keep your balance. Well, you know that building on the Chicago River that has water up the middle of it so that when it rocks, it, the water goes the opposite way and it always evens out. That's my sure. body in this van. When I the see. van goes left, my top goes right. Yes. My eyes are in a different world. My fingers are locked in and there I am getting a perfect video of Donny Osmond right. just licking everything in his backyard. He licks things in his backyard. Yeah. Interesting. So you're just the bobblehead doll of drone photographers, essentially. That's, uh, that's been said before. Wow. I've been called a predator, and I've been <laughs> called the bobblehead of drone photographers. Wow. Um, wow. But it's a beautiful day to be alive. I'm excited. i got some it great sure shoots is. lined up today, and uh, I'm ready to go. Great, great. Well, um, you know, uh, thank you for both for joining us, and I, I really do want to get you guys to working together, even if it's not as a background extra, because I feel like there was some initial tension, but almost in the way that like a romantic comedy starts with two people hating each other and then end, ending up together. Right? Enemies to love us. Enemies to lovers. Is that enemies. what you said? Enemies to love us. Yeah. Enemies, enemies, to, en- enemies to lovers. Great. That's biblical, actually. Okay. That storyline was first um, made yeah. and written in the, in the Mary Bible. Mary Magdalene, that hussy. I did want to <laughs> ask you, Lonnie, who, because there is a voice of God, literally, yes. that tells Moses he can part the Red Sea. Who is this? What's what's who's the celebrity who does the voice of God in your? Um, we wanted uh, George Clooney, mm. and we wanted Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. We got neither of those, right. so it's actually my uh, granddad. Oh, okay, that explains Kevin. Why, that explains why he has a very thick Australian accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we tried. We were like, "Granddad, stop it! Like, tone it down a little bit." He calls Moses mate a lot. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but it's nice. I've got photos of all those actors you just listed. I know what they're doing when they're not acting for you. Okay, tell yeah. us what George Clooney. But yeah, why couldn't George Clooney be the voice of God? Well, George. Uh, funny thing, George Clooney was over at Alec Baldwin's house. They were on the porch <sighs> doing the old back rub trick, where it's kind of like a train. Uh-huh. It's like a gentle. <laughs> It's like what you do They're running like, a gentle train. <laughs> it's like what you do in a high school chorus warm-up. Yes, yes, yes. It's just like a high school chorus warm-up <laughs> between Alec Baldwin and George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's beautiful. It's like a snake eating its own tail, and they do this out in the sun. It's very obvious. I think they like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do uh, want to mention, if anyone ever looks up and waves and shows that they're happy I'm nearby, I get out of there. Yeah, you don't want that. I don't want them liking it. <laughs> <laughs> it ruins the whole thing, and sure. it's worthless at that point. Um, yeah, nobody wants a tabloid photo of a celebrity yeah, smiling. Yeah, listen, my rent's twenty six thousand dollars <laughs> this month. I've got to get some good stuff. That's the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Nathan Hartswick playing Dean Ardenfell. Lonnie Larue was played by Stella Pappas. Stella is an actor, writer, performer, originally from Vermont, now based in California. Shed Wimsley was played by Brian DeLaverer. Brian is an improviser and videographer who performs and teaches regularly at Vermont Comedy Club. This episode was produced and edited by Sam Kernan and myself with marketing assistance from Addison Iring and studio space provided by Local Maverick at localmaverickus.com. Follow us at The Corporation Pod. Subscribe, review, tell your friends about this podcast. And if you're in Burlington, stop and see a show at Vermont Comedy Club. See you next week. <laughs>